Week 6 of the NFL season is here, Pro Football Ireland, lads, ladies, everyone listening. In what is potentially a monumental weekend for sport on this island, the biggest in 34-ish years, we've got a London game. We've got Week 6 of the NFL season as well. Please God, we're all laughing. Come Sunday morning, Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan, Jason Hayes on Ireland's biggest NFL podcast, Pro Football Ireland. Looking ahead to the action. Mark, we'll start with you, my friend. Uh, has your voice recovered from last weekend? Getting better. I think it was better than um, the Scal podcast. I was told if I don't improve, I have to stay home from work. Not by the bosses, but by someone I work with who doesn't want to get sick before uh, the Ireland matches this weekend. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's hope I don't get someone sick, Michael. Jason, I'm about to go full culture. There's a wild lot of COVID going about, hi. There is. There's a lot of COVID going around in, around in Toronto and Armagh before any Kerry person starts to jokes. But hopefully everyone's feeling safe, feeling okay. And um, Jason, could you have an Aaron Rodgers-like return to action for Frankfurt in a few weeks that we're not aware of yet? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I won't be getting ahead of myself. Slow and steady. That's what, I'm, that's what I've realised these last few weeks. Just as you think you're making a big leap, then it all slows down again. So, a lot of monotonous exercises keep me going, but I might be watching from my couch again. But I'm sure you're, you guys will be over there to to represent. Please God, please God, and we're we're, we're looking forward to seeing you, Jason. For people for people listening or watching to this, we've got a heap of live dates with Jeff Reinbold, actually one with Phoebe Schachter in Belfast next month. L i n k t r dot e e slash NFL Ireland. There's also a date, Jason's a cork cork by. Uh, there's only 8% of tickets left for Cork it's going to be a big night in January if I have to drive down you have to drive down folks come on down it's going to be a good crack check out all the dates there we're presented by 888 Sport the official batting partner of the NFL in Ireland and the UK and week 6 gets underway with apparently Mark Hogan's rated them 32nd in the league the Denver Broncos go into the Kansas City Chiefs um, we got a game on Sunday in London the last London game of the year 3-2 and two Ravens at the two and three Tennessee Titans, a few thousand kilometers slash miles away. Um, Commanders of Falcons, Vikings, Bears, Seahawks, Bengals, Niners at the Browns. Shout out to the Irish Niners for having our watch party this weekend. Saints at the Texans, Colts at the Jags, Panthers at the Dolphins. <laughs> wow. Patriots at the Raiders, Lions, Bucks, Cards, Rams, Eagles, Jets. Sunday Night Football is the New York Giants at the Buffalo Bills. And Monday Night Football, boys, is a Beezer and a half. Cowboys Chargers in LA. Mark, um, are you looking forward to London on Sunday? It's going to be nice, isn't it? Just, you know, obviously fresh heads, Guinness Zero Saturday night during the rugby, water, Uska, no more than that. See it half eight in Sunset Airport on Sunday morning. Deal? Flown, hasn't it? Like, we were looking forward to this late for months, obviously, since it was announced. And then, we had it all to look forward to, and yeah, suddenly we're going into the final one. I don't know what population or I suppose size of the population is going to be heading over to the Frankfurt games. It'd be really interesting. Obviously, there's two weekends now. I think a lot of people heard about the crack that was there last year, and even if they haven't got a ticket, might be going over. But otherwise, yeah, it kind of feels like the end of our impact on the global scale with this game happening this weekend. Obviously, we know there's loads of Irish go to the London games. But it'll be interesting to see if the uh, same turnout's going to be there for Frankfurt. Obviously, it's slightly more expensive. I'm not going to say it's that much more expensive. I know hotel rooms are definitely more affordable in Frankfurt versus London, but then the the flight goes up. So we'll see how it goes. Of course, we're fortunate to be going or whatever. But yeah, it's it, there's that bittersweetness the last 
it's the last London game when it really feels like we're having an impact and they kind of we have to put press pause for another year. I've had the experience of going out of uh, both Dublin and Belfast airports. Uh, great crack both weekends. Been great meeting boys. Uh, shout out to your boy in the Lions top from Belfast last week who was a Buffalo Bills fan. And not a Lions fan. He wanted to switch it up on Sunday. So shout out to you, my friend. Uh, good meeting luck here. It was actually, there was more people on that flight on Sunday morning, Jason, from Belfast than there was in Dublin the week before, which is weird. I guess it was a big game as well. Jason, I'd love to ask you this because, I mean, I think I feel like me and Mark have talked to the death about it and we'll, we'll, we'll swiftly move on from it after this year and we will have obviously a lot of content on Sunday morning from Tottenham and big thanks to everybody for making that happen also, folks. Uh, Jason, you know, Mark was... In the doldrums, great seats in Tottenham, Mark, by the way. But Jason, you, you were watching it at home on the TV. I don't know how it came across, but for me, it just looked like, like you know, it's one thing talking about the advantage the Jags truly had. You know, Jason, like we're going to go down the stretch here. If there is a situation in the next two to three years where Jacksonville do their stadium up, like they could have a serious advantage playing in a different country, say two, two or three weeks a month for two or three months a season. It was so evident, and I loved the experience. I loved the game, but I felt like you know Buffalo should have got over there. And I guess going into this week's well, Jason, if you do want to touch on it, the last time that John Harbour came over, all he done was yap, 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 yap. The Ravens have been over since Monday night, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they play, especially when Tennessee are only going to come in on Thursday night this week. So you would think they have the advantage. Um, absolutely, yeah. I think it's massive. Like you could see. As you say, I was watching on TV, but you could almost feel the lack of energy coming from the the, the Bills team early on, even just sitting on my couch. Um, maybe the jet lag started to wear off towards the end when they did finally get that spark going, but the advantage was just completely clear for uh, Jaguars throughout the game, despite the fact that, and you guys can talk about this more if you like, um, but on television, it came across like it felt like a, whole, a home game for the Buffalo Bills. I don't recall seeing a London game that had so much of one fan actually rooting for the team on the pitch rather than kind of mix of, um, you know, fans from around all 32 teams. It really looked like a sea of blue out there. Um, so, But it just goes to show that, you know, that whole time zone and jet lag thing is more important than having the fans behind your back because they weren't able to wake up the Bills team in the end. Well, it'll be interesting now, though, and you say if, you know, the Jaguars... Um, if they do in future adopt this approach of playing a few weeks in a row in London, whether it is during a stadium build. I'm interested to see how they perform now that they're back in America this week. Um, you know, will it have the opposite effect now that they've fully acclimatised to that London time zone? Will they be able to hit the ground running and carry on back in Jacksonville? I'm sure they will. I'm sure the time zone effect is lessened when you're going that way. At least from personal experience, I always find it easier to go that way than to uh, come back across. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting one to watch. And another interesting thing to point out is just that prior to 2022, uh, the 60 teams that played, played in London, just four of them played the week after they arrived back in the States. And the NFL actually gives the teams an opportunity to decide whether they want to take that by directly after that London game but it definitely seems like the tide is turning and teams are taking a different approach um, because last year we saw uh, the Saints the Vikings the Giants the Jags 
and the Packers all play in the States as soon as they return from London. And four of those five teams actually won. So it didn't affect them too much. And the Broncos took a bye again this year. Uh, the Falcons went back and won last week. The Bills are playing this week. Uh, the Jaguars are playing this week. The Ravens are playing next week after being in London this week. So they're all electing to save their bye for later in the season. Uh, seemingly believing that the, you know, the necessity to take a bye straight after London is no more. So I'm not sure really what's gone into that and why so many teams are passing up that bye. But it seems to be working. I guess it's Mark. It's got more international, hasn't it? It's one of those things. It's like a not for. I guess. I guess me and you will move on because we'll be racking people's heads on Sunday. But Mark, it's been a great few weeks, and I know the appetite has been wet for for Frankfurt big time. And I fully agree with what Jason said. And he mentioned there the Coles Chags that game this weekend. You know, um, Garner Minshew. You know, he was thrust into the league uh, when this guy. Has anybody ever heard of Nick Foles? Nick Foles broke a collarbone against the Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago. And Gardner Minshew ended up starting 12 games that season, winning six. The year after, it didn't work out. One in 15. In comes Trevor Lawrence. In comes Urban Meyer. Out goes the Mississippi Mudflap and Gardner Minshew. And now Minshew, we're probably going to see him in Frankfurt in a few weeks at this point, Mark. Minshew has the opportunity to get a bit of revenge against this Jacksonville team this week. This is a really interesting game because, you know, as... As we've talked about just off camera, both both Flea and two, this is for the top of the division as it stands. Anthony Richardson is RG Flea Mark two, as far as I'm concerned, and you've got a really interesting situation there at running back for the Colts. But Mark, the Jags genuinely have been so impressive, um, from the way they played in London to the way they handled themselves, but how fresh they were, how good they looked at certain points in that game against Buffalo. I can just say, Mark, as well, Shad Khan's got the most beautiful beautiful moustache I've ever seen in person beautiful I can only dream of growing one so nice the London Jaguars Mark as you called them on the the WhatsApp or the Instagram reel what am I talking about go for it Mark Londonville Londonville Jaguars which they are I, look I, I feel like everyone I'm not going to say get carried away I really really enjoyed watching them the other day I thought there was a lot good I thought the movement out of Trevor Lawrence was as big as the movement out of Travis Etienne but I think that we're forgetting that they didn't play well after the first quarter against the Falcons and they're not yet an absolute surefire team. I mean, I have them pretty high in the power rankings at the moment and it kind of feels a bit disingenuous because I don't know do I have that belief in them. I really like the Jaguars and it was all set up for them to do well this year. It's kind of funny when you're talking there, Jason, about... And look, before I say this, I have to put the asterisk next to it. There's so many different ways to break down stats. Like there is a stat for everything. But when you're saying that teams that weren't taking the boy, I wonder what input do they have to say, oh, can we play not a gimme team, but maybe we don't want to go home and play the Kansas City Chiefs or something like that, that we won a lesser game. And the Jaguars, when they're going back now, maybe they could have been given a boy or they said, do you want a team that has a rookie quarterback starting for them that you don't know if, Jonathan Taylor is going to be involved this year you know back in whenever the schedule was being made back in March or whatever all I'll say is that, um, that's all... the, the, every team that's playing back in the States after London they were all home games at least so they weren't travelling on the road as soon as they went back to America they all had a home game I'm not sure what kind of input they have yeah so th- there's there's so many different ways to slice it really but this I suppose if you say on paper though is one of those games that is super important because like you alluded to, Michael, it's 3-2 and two and it's for the top of the division. As far as I'm concerned, this is where the season starts 
for the Indianapolis Colts. Like we've seen them f- through the first few weeks, but they have Jonathan Taylor back now. And you have Zach Moss who's been found and it's like, wow, like what a backfield to be able to have because, and especially when you have your quarterback going out. Now, look, I think Gardner Minshew is probably the man for the job now anywhere, just just where we sit right now because like you said, Michael, talk about an order G3 wannabe. Like he just can't stay healthy, Anthony Richardson. But you have Gardner Minshew who has played this year, has played well this year. He's 68% completion percentage. He's come in and been a part of wins against the Texans, the Ravens, and the Titans last week. He's a very capable backup, if not the best backup in the NFL. And when you now have Zach Moss in the return game for Jonathan Wilson, go 22 for 165 yards and two touchdowns, that, like, he's playing for his... Like, he... Like, we know that Jonathan Taylor's just got the massive contract, so he's going to play, but, like, can anyone say who the number one running back right now in Indianapolis is? Well, it's the most Indianapolis Colts thing ever, Jason. Like what Mark just said there about Jonathan Taylor, it's it's ridiculous. When I seen the, the notification pop up, I just started laughing. I was like, this is so typical. And for Zach Moss to go out and have the day that he had, Jason, it just sums it up. But now this week, watch both running backs get under 50 yards rushing. Yeah, just um, Taylor just had six carries, sort of really easing him back into it. Six carries for 18 yards, uh, so three yards per carry. And if you were to do the maths on the numbers Mark just gave, uh, Zach Moss at 7.2 yards per carry so I said it last week you know if, with how well Zach Moss is actually playing for the Colts right now I'm not sure how much better a team they are just because of Jonathan Taylor because the production's been there already at that position um, key moving forward now is just uh, can Gardner Minshew really just take this team because he's going to have to lead them for the next four to eight weeks I think is the timeline I've saw Um completely agree he could be the right man for the job he's just kind of well established himself as that fringe starter slash best backup in the league right now nice chill guy off the field you know I don't think there'll be any drama there in the sense that uh, he knows what his role is he's stepping in he's happy in this backup role and to um, to you know clock up a few wins whenever he's needed so I think he's a coach's dream to have on the sideline um, but there's got to be a bit of concern in, in that um, in that building right now about Anthony Richardson concussion an ankle injury and a shoulder injury three injuries in just five weeks um, and you know, ones that didn't take a whole lot of contact to get exactly, like it's yeah. not like he's mm. gone through the ring or something is he RG3 part two though it's like watching RG3 boys he went down like bricks every time and I loved watching him and he's fun to watch and he has some awesome moments and he's a great guy but when he went down, he went down. I mean, like, are we watching just like a repeat of that again, lads? For all the reasons that you've just listed, yes, I think so. Like, it's crazy. It's absolutely. But, like, it was coming into the year. It's if this guy stays healthy, like, we were saying that going into the year because he's just so big and, you know, like, he looks incredible. Yeah. But, like, it's it's not taking a whole lot to bring him down, like, five games into his career and three separate injuries. Like, that's insane. It's insane. Have you any final words in this match of Jason, or should I move swiftly on? No, yeah, just um, I th- I think uh, it will. I I think Garnerinch was a good person to step in, but it will be a tough test. Jaguars' defense has proven themselves uh, a few times now this year already. I think they've definitely exceeded expectations. So that's the side of the ball I'm most interested in watching. I think the Colts will have a tough test to win this game because of you know I'd expect Trevor Lawrence to put up 
uh, close to 30 points and I'm not sure if they'll be able to keep up on the other side of the ball we're looking forward to that game this weekend it's going to make a crack uh, let's talk about the big one this weekend the 1-4 New England Patriots against the 2-3 Las Vegas Raiders Bill Belichick against Josh McDaniels and Mark for people that are wondering on this podcast or listening to this podcast in Ireland that are Patriots fans and are thinking or Raiders fans and are thinking I'd love to tank I'd love to tank I don't ever see a strategy where Robert Kraft or Bill Belichick will ever pursue or frankly analyse a strategy of tanking you know, we talked about the Colts a minute ago. Look what they done 12 years ago. The Suck for Luck. The Suck for Luck campaign which cost both the GM, the team president, their jobs. And, you know, they had to start again. It's not as easy as that. And I've seen a lot of comments on social media this week about people saying, well, if they're not good enough, they're not good enough. But we, we talked to James in the podcast a few days ago about just the situation that New England are in and the issues they have. But certainly Las Vegas have got issues as well. And, this is going to be a really interesting game because I feel like Bill O'Brien is almost being given like a reset button this week, whereas the Raiders have good question marks. They've got some fantastic performers, for example, Max Crosby. But something has to give. Something has to give this week. The Raiders have to win this game. This Patriots team, Mark, is nowhere near where it should be. This surely is a Raiders game to lose. Tell me I'm wrong. Start now. I have no idea which way it goes, Michael, because... The, obviously the coaching teams know each other inside out like Josh McDaniels obviously is a New England protege he was groomed by Bill Belichick to become a head coach so like they know how one another operates but I think that obviously Bill Belichick is the better historical coach but I think yeah even whatever slights are against him this year that what stood out for me for Josh McDaniels is an absolute lack of aggression in games like it's not like they're blown teams out of the water or whatever but when they played Green Bay on the weekend or what was that Monday like he still took one of those you know you see them the the analytics say afterwards about how it wasn't a gutsy call or that you know it was a sacrifice or whatever the surrender scale and he goes for that he Daniel Carlson missed a field goal that gave the Green Bay Packers back the ball their own 35 yard line uh, field goal would have tied the game up it ended up not costing them the game but the call there was to go for the first down and you know keep it to yourself uh, or keep your fate within yourself it did cost them in week two against the Steelers when he could have seen the game out but they don't get a field goal and whatever happened happened everyone remembers they gave the ball back to the Steelers or whatever and they lose the game so I think that the point that I'm saying here is that he isn't aggressive enough Bill Belichick has always thrived on being aggressive and making you beat yourself. So if one, he knows how to beat Josh McDaniels and two, Josh McDaniels is kind of beating himself anyway with poor play calling, I kind of give the advantage to New England in that sense because like, I haven't seen a whole lot of good from the from the Raiders. Like, what, I'm going to say that how they beat the Packers the other day was good? No. Jason, like to be fair to the Patriots, they've had some really disappointing news on the injury front in the last week. With, with um, they've had to bring in Jesse Jackson because you've seen Gonzalez um, go out for the season, a really, really promising rookie as well. And Matthew Judon is out, and when it when, when it rains, it pours. But frankly, their offense, their, their offensive football is non-existent. To not score a point for me, Jason, against the Saints last weekend only makes me feel that somehow the Raiders will bounce over the line in Vegas this week and I, you know, the Patriots are going to have to prove me wrong. Um, 
Jason, I guess as well on this, do you feel like this is last chance saloon for Mac Jones this week? Uh, it's really a tough one um, with Mac Jones because I, I just don't see a scenario where um, the backup can step in and do better. It's the, the whole offense is just a nightmare scenario to work in. Story leaked early in the week. Um, someone from Mac Jones's camp, supposedly. Uh, not sure of this reliability of the story, but I think it was the New York Post or something ran with it. Um, but, you know, he called the talent around Mac Jones garbage and just says he has nothing to work with um, on offense. And to be honest, I can see exactly what he means by that, whether it's true or not. I don't think Belichick has done enough to to help out Mac Jones and make life easier on him over the past couple of off seasons, particularly at those that wide receiver position where you really need that, those big strong names and strong targets to go towards um, for a young quarterback. I mentioned how McDaniel's has made some questionable data led decisions at the past few weeks. Uh, almost kind of taking old-fashioned approaches and I think that's what Belichick might be doing as well with his roster I'm not one to question arguably the greatest coach of all time but um, he does he's not placing as much value on some of these positions such as wide receiver um, as other teams around the league are placing them in this day and age he's perhaps looking back at past Super Bowls where they won um, with you know kind of no-name receivers at the time so to speak maybe trying to recreate that but there's no reason why they shouldn't have a DeAndre Hopkins or just a big name um, that Mac Jones can go to and rely on on the offense. And it's definitely hurting them. Mac, Mac Jones as well was, uh, or sorry, um, Mac Jones had his best year in 2021 under Josh McDaniels. Um, so interesting to see how the offense has just gone downhill since McDaniels has left. It's not like McDaniels has the Raiders offense firing all cylinders, but um, maybe these two coaches are just better together than fighting on, on Sunday yeah time will tell I feel like we'll have the fallout from that on Sunday night on the podcast with uh, Michaela and Connor looking forward to that looking forward to annoying Mark in the taxi on Sunday with the podcast as well can't wait for that <laughs>